Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. The show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors, and indeed for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today is Sean Lyons, Vice President of Business with Illity. Sean, you're very welcome today. Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me. And Sean, people will hear the name Sean Lyons and be surprised that there's an American accent. So you are of Irish descent. I am. Very good. Mostly Irish, yes. Mostly Irish, but you're joining us from Brooklyn today, where you are the Vice President of Business Development with Illity. Now, we have spoken to some of your colleagues previously. Illity is one of the projects that we have featured before and doing some really exciting things. But for anybody maybe who didn't catch previous shows, you might just... Tell us a little bit about Illity. Sure. And thanks again for having me. And thanks again for having Marcus on last year. We're happy to be here. Uh, Illity is four years old. It was founded by Marcus Mufarage in 2019 with the goal of reducing complexity inside traditional real estate organizations and allowing them to have a better focus on who we call their customer, who they often call their tenant. Um, We've been slowly building uh, over the past four years with a number of great, what I call uh, partner customer use cases. And we've been working with different customers actually in Australia, the UK and the States. Um, And we're focused mostly on the consolidation of data from different sources across a real estate owner's portfolio, again, with the aim of helping them reduce complexity and simplify some of their processes, and then giving them the ability to use that data to have more of a focus on their customer and ultimately become a more customer-centric organization. So we're we're still building, uh, we're still growing, and we're still learning, we're still partnering, and I think everyone at Illity is kind of enjoying what I would call the startup journey, uh, and we're actively looking to continue doing so again in Australia, the US, and the UK, if not Europe as well. Very good, Sean. How did you come into this? Did you come through kind of a technology or real estate background? Great question. I actually have an architecture background. And so i that's how I got started in New York. I worked in a design firm for five years and then decided that the startup ecosystem was more interesting to me because I saw different architecture-related problems getting solved from different perspectives across mobility, commercial real estate, technology, um, different construction tools, so on and so forth. So I made a move into startup world. After the first startup I worked for, I met Marcus through a friend and found his worldview really interesting and knew that he had the experience to back it up, given his time with his dad's company, Servcorp and decided to join him because I thought that he had his finger on the pulse of what needed to get done when it came to, you know, making real estate organizations more efficient and with a better ability to give customers what they actually want. Um, I love 
I love that you've really honed in on something that I think was quite new to real estate as such, but actually the founder themselves can be so impactful. And within a startup, when you're faced with the risk, and particularly one that's trying to innovate something new, uh, and you're facing that risk, actually, how inspiring the leadership of the founder is really does dictate the team that surrounds that that um, founder. And obviously, I've had the opportunity to speak to Marcus, and I absolutely agree. He's a very inspiring um, and um, forward-thinking leader. So he's definitely somebody that you know is going to to drive change for the positive in the industry. You know, I'm. it's interesting, but I'm not terribly surprised to hear um, that you're coming from an architectural background because actually I think architecture by its very nature is focused on problem solving, but it's probably it, within the built environment, it's probably the discipline that's most focused on users. You know, it's because built environment hasn't been very good at user design, at customer focus. It just hasn't. Um, but I would say that architecture is the exception to that. So you might just talk to us about what part of of the the customer experience um, that you're bringing your your architecture leaning and problem solving skills into. Who are your customers in Elity? That's a great point. And I appreciate you bringing that up, actually, because not everyone that I talk with is able to build the same bridge between architecture world and technology world. I, I agree. Architecture is fundamentally about problem solving and storytelling. And those skills have served me really well. And it's actually, you know, two things that I hold closest in my ability to work for a startup. Um Ility sees users of buildings in very similar ways to how architects design for them sometimes. Ility's core customer is, number one, a user inside of a traditional real estate organization who may be inundated with manual processes or a variety of different systems who is prevented from working very efficiently and having easy access to the kind of information that they need to more effectively serve their tenant or customer. So in that sense, um, our first customer is a, a business, really. The end goal of Illity is allowing that user to serve their tenant or customer more effectively. And traditionally, that is another B, another business, right? Where we understand that actually the true customer of any building is every single person who walks in and out of the building. It's not only the person responsible for signing the commercial agreement, whether that be a six month, one year, five year, 10 year lease. You actually need to be able to consider every single person and what every single person needs really to be a competitive product, more or less, right? And that's another interesting word that real estate doesn't typically use as product. But our first customer is someone inside the business. And our goal is to allow them to serve their customer who might be another B. It might be the employee of that B. But typically, we are a business-to-business -business offering. And um, I, I love that you articulate that, you know, the true customer for B2B is always human because that some, does sometimes, and to be honest, we're guilty of it ourselves. It does sometimes get 
lost in the B2B versus B2C uh, conversation that's happening. And in fact, that's why we're seeing this need for a more uh, customer centric model. But can you maybe give us some specifics as to the shift in real estate that you're seeing and how these more customer centric models can genuinely add value and actually retain customers? Because Retaining customers, retaining tenants, that's such a huge part of the conversation now. Uh, something maybe that wasn't so important in previous years has become much more important now. It, apparently. Uh, it's interesting that you asked that. Ility was started before the pandemic, but I think very quickly after which, you know, we started in 2019, 2020, the onset of COVID and kind of the unveiling of hybrid work, if you will, or remote work, really. I think there are parallels in office and multifamily that are really bubbling to the surface, right? Where you have premium assets that have this, or premium, or companies with premium assets that do have this focus on more amenitized buildings, thicker service offerings, more data integrity, more data transparency, and for themselves, operational efficiency. So in layman's terms, being able to work more quickly, giving people what they actually need, being transparent about your business, and then making the buildings really usable um, is really become a priority, right? And in, in very high performing office and multifamily assets. So I think in both Europe and the US, we can, we understand that really there's a quote unquote flight to quality, which everyone's heard. And in order to deliver a building that your tenants deem really useful requires a comprehensive control and understanding of your technology and the information being processed across your business. And then being able to deliver that information which is typically referred to as data, uh, to your tenant effectively. And that can be things, you know, data around the building, data around their space. It can be new products or services that you want to offer your tenant, so on and so forth. So it's, I think we're seeing kind of a rise of almost a different asset class where owners are understanding, especially in office and multifamily, that you can't rely on a, on a, lease agreement, whether it be one year in multifamily or seven years in office, to be the only way that you're engaging with your customer. You need to have an active relationship. You can't be a passive owner. You need to actively be understanding how your building is actually a product and how it's differentiated. Really. Um, so it's interesting to hear you talk in terms of product and so much of what we hear uh, particularly with with um well for for both uh, PRS but actually also for the office market is this move for uh, real estate as a service more than a product because we're really seeing amenity as being a key differentiator. So what what portion of that kind of goes into product and what goes into service? Which portion of amenity goes into product and which goes into service? Or, or the the overall offering. You know, what What amount of the overall offering is more productized versus uh, service-based? That's an interesting question. I think that for me, the, the service is a product in and of itself. If I think about the difference between 
a, a commercial building that isn't very much differentiated from the building next to it. And then I think about a commercial building that has this focus on service and has a focus on giving people who are using the building what they need, whether that be a bookable space or a terrace or access to air quality information or access to utility data, that level of service moves the building from a commodity to a product in my mind, in traditional product design thinking, right? Where because they have a deep understanding of how people are using the building, when they're using it, what information they need, they've differentiated themselves and have a focus on doing something different rather than doing what the building down the street is doing. They've taken a step to become a product. Um, I, I think that the service layer is frankly at this point, especially in office, table stakes, right? It's not up for debate whether you need it or not. It's going to be something that leading organizations who believe in the value of in-person work demand. The way that you, there are many different ways to deliver that. John, looking at the data that you see now, particularly around user behavior, how might knowing or having sight of that data years ago have helped you in your architecture practice? I think when it comes to the design of a building or the design of a, a site or the design of a place, really, um, the, it, the answer to the question is that this data or this level of information gives you a, a deeper understanding of the way a place is used, really. And we know now, especially after the pandemic, that buildings are actually much more dynamic than we may have thought before. And that buildings need to be flexible, not only in their commercial model and their leasing model, but actually in the way that they respond to how people are using them, right? Where the, the best buildings going forward are actually the most dynamic. So having access to this data, this information, I think before a building is designed would actually inform the way that it's designed, right? And then the way that it's designed ultimately, I think, would be more responsive. And this is something that is happening and has been happening very actively in, in the planning, design, construction, and operation of buildings. And it's getting more sophisticated, but it, it gives us a deeper understanding of the way that the building is used, really. Um, I think it's, I, I always find it interesting when we talk about something new and innovative and technology led, it comes back to something so basic as actually evolution, survival of the fittest, and it is the most adaptable that survives. And that's exactly what we're seeing across our real estate at the moment. So actually, it feels like all technology and innovation is to keep it as adaptable as possible so that it can continue to evolve and survive. And I just, there's there's just a, a lovely irony around that, that that I really appreciate. Um, Sean, how long are you with the company? I've been with Illity a little over two years. And you mentioned that uh, you were working on case studies 
what in your work putting together those um, user case studies, what has surprised you? Given the size of real estate, and I'm not speaking only to commercial real estate, if we look at single family, multifamily, and then what some consider commercial retail industrial office, what's most surprising is the pace, I would say, to me, uh, or many times lack thereof, pace really. Um, and the gap between what you see happening in other industries and how slowly real estate moves or adopts new solutions. That's been the most surprising to me because it is such a massive piece of the global economy of the way that so many people make money actively or passively going into new conversations with leading funds, leading developers, and getting an eye into, oh, well, there's many different ways that you could do that better, or you could have that information in one place, or you could have this understanding of your building and seeing that it's actually still quite manual many times. Uh, that has been probably the most surprising thing and the other edge of that coin is that, or the other side of that coin is that it's usually the most exciting because it in many ways is a roadmap for a startup to understand mm -hmm. what's next. Yeah, I, I like that you describe it as a, a roadmap because you're absolutely right. Um, to me, I always see that as potential. You know, I, I never fear that in my lifetime we'll run out of problems to solve across the built no. environment. <laughs> you know, so that that is not... That, you know, I never fear running out of runway in terms of innovation this because there are just so many pockets ripe for innovation. It's almost a case of of where to start and how bold do you want to be. Um, so, Sean, I'm very conscious of your time today and I appreciate you you taking time out to chat to us. I suppose finally, um, just because, you know, we've mentioned there that Illity is only four years old and has such a huge impact um, globally at this point. What does the future hold in terms of new products uh, and, and projects and developments? I think we're excited to continue building as any startup would be. We want to approach it in a way that serves us and our customers as effectively as possible. What I mean by that is I think that every new customer that we work with is a growth opportunity for us and them. So we really consider them just as much partners as we do customers, right? We're, we're taking that engagement as a way to more deeply understand the market. That's very exciting for us because it lets us maybe identify new problems, but then also pull back and identify what I call common denominator problems where we're seeing it there and we're seeing it there. And when, you've built something that effectively solves a problem and you get traction, that's really exciting. We're, I think, going to continue doing so with, we're poised, um, but we also want to make sure that we're 
delivering really effective solutions. And I think that the next two years will see us more deeply engaged with bigger customers, more deeply engaged with customers in new geographies, and probably engaged with a few different types of assets, whether that be more premium offerings in the commercial world or different use cases deploying in multifamily or retail and just really understanding ourselves better and understanding the market better. Very good, Sean. And this, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. That's all we have time for today. That was thank Sean you. Lyons, Vice President of uh, Business Development with Illity. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of our other shows on iProperty Radio. And before we go, just a special word to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, the hope for innovators, investors, and indeed for industry leaders. Thank you for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio. 